Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Good afternoon. Welcome in. It is My Guys in the Desert. I'm Brady Cannon along with one of my guys, Amal Shah here. We are live at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa on a football Friday, the sixth day of August, hour number two of the program. And we've got baseball in progress, Mr. Shaw. The Chicago Cubs, the battle for Chicago here, the North Siders against the South Siders. And the Chicago Cubs were trailing in this game 4-1. to one. They have now tied it up with the White Sox. Bottom of the eighth inning, the Cubs are at the plate. And they have two out and a runner on first base. We'll get into a little more baseball here a little later in the segment. But I want to finish up our conversation uh, covering NFL divisions here on the show today. And we finished up the last hour with a discussion on the NFC South and I was mentioning that for the last few seasons you've been kind of high on the Saints. Are yep. you high again on the Saints this season to maybe unseat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South? Not as much and not because the quarterback play mm-hmm. but because first of all Thomas again going to start out missing games. The other thing is Brady you know to your point this is a concern I have with Green Bay in the postseason. I think Green Bay wins the NFC North but I don't know how far they go in the playoffs. When you look at the Saints and where they've gone the last three years. Remember the Minneapolis miracle? That was a game sure. that they should have won. Yes. Um, the game against the Rams. I know people make the argument the missed pass interference right. call, uh, but I always say, hey, you got the ball first in overtime. You're at home. You got to go down and score. And then last year, Jared Cook on the slant yeah. fumbles the football. They, they should have won that game too. They should have won that game as well. So. Um, I don't know if you have enough bullets in the chamber to be able to continuously come back after those types of setbacks. You know, if you think about it. It's not like and, and didn't they lose to Minnesota a fourth year in there? I think. I think there was another yeah, that, loss. That was to the Minnesota, Minneapolis yeah. miracle, but I'm talking about in the dome, right? Or yeah, I think they lost. I thought game. there was another yeah. one. Yeah. 
It is hard to have these four tough playoff losses and to continuously come back and be the same team year after year after year and be that consistently good in the NFL. Just too much roster turnover for everybody. And it just, after a while, it takes its toll. Are you picking Tampa Bay to to win that division? I am. um, But, you know, that's not really going out on a big limb there with uh, the fact that the Falcons have question marks. The Panthers are a solid competitive team. You know who the Panthers are? The Panthers are the team you never want to play. Oh, yeah. They were competitive in a number of games last year against good teams, including the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I have a conference future to win the NFC on the Carolina Panthers at 52 to 1. And I like that a little bit better than the division because I think Tampa Bay can probably win this division. Uh, but the Carolina Panthers can get there. I think they can very easily, or not easily, but very likely get a wild card spot and make some noise in the playoffs. And you talked about Sam Darnold. I think it's a better situation for him getting out of New York. You know the spotlight that you're under in the Big Apple. And he goes here now to Carolina. And he's also going to be coached up by Joe Brady. You know, the quarterback assistant there who we saw do such a good job with Joe Burrow at LSU. I like the situation. I think Darnold's going to have a pretty decent season. I I could appreciate the point you made with Brady. That's a valid and fair argument. However, I'll give you two counters to the points you made on Sam Darnold. First of all, Sam Darnold played at USC. I'm not going to sit there and say USC is the New York Jets at the NFL level, but L.A. is a huge market. You're still under the spotlight. You know, USC quarterback is is a known commodity. The other thing is you mentioned about Brady and the success he had at LSU. Jamar Chase plays basically a year and a half, two seasons at LSU. He's a top five pick. Terrence Marshall is a guy that's drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, uh, Jefferson goes on and has a just an unbelievable rookie season. Joe Burrow is probably the most accurate, statistically the best season ever by a quarterback in the history of college football. In my opinion, probably in the top three most accurate quarterbacks I've seen in the last 25 years with Sam Bradford and Tim Couch coming out. So you look at it. Everything has gone extremely well from that perspective. I've always thought Sam Darnold was not an NFL quarterback. When I go back to the Cotton Bowl, looking at Ohio State versus USC, he's a turnover machine. You know, Bill Parcells used to talk about it all the time in terms of protecting the ball. And to me, I don't think he values it enough. And we see the graphic here, Brady, on most interceptions thrown. What about the Atlanta Falcons? Do you think they can rebound? A lot of times handicappers will look at how many games a team had that were really close. And the Atlanta Falcons, I think more so than any other team in the NFL, lost very close games. And usually that misfortune will turn and turn into good fortune in the following season. So if you're buying into that theory, you would bet on Atlanta having a good year this year in rebounding from last year. Well, you know, the one game I think about is the Detroit Lions game where Gurley ends up uh, putting the score in that that hurt them a little bit. The Dallas game, they blew a huge lead in. Uh, I know they had a tight game against the Bears, but, you know, they got off to a rough start at 0-5. But I I don't know. You look at some of these losses – uh, the Saints, they lost by 15 points. Uh, Buccaneers in the final week of season 17. So question marks with them. All right. We will continue that discussion on the other side. We'll be back with more My Guys in the Desert in just a moment. Good 
afternoon to those of you just now joining us. It is my guys in the desert here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network, Brady Cannon, and my guy in the desert to the right is Amal Shah, live from the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa on a football Friday. And Amal, we have discussed everything in the NFC. We will switch over to the AFC in this hour. But while we have a minute, let's take a look at a couple of baseball games. One game that will be going in about an hour from now will be the Pittsburgh Pirates at the Cincinnati Reds, 4-10 Pacific, 7-10 Eastern time. This will be JT Brubreaker taking on Wade Miley, and we've seen the Pittsburgh Pirates take a ton of money here. The Cincinnati Reds on the overnight were minus 235 favorites. They are now down to about minus 185, and even a little uh, lower at Circa at minus 182. Some money coming in on Brubaker and the Pirates, and some of that money is mine. I tied this into a parlay, just a funny money parlay on some big underdogs, but I think the Pirates, I mean, that price was way out of hand, in my opinion, on the Cincinnati Reds, and if you're going to back Pittsburgh, you do it when JT Brubaker's on the bump. Yeah, I would agree with you. He's been their best pitcher all season long. I'll tell you, though, the one challenge when you look at Wade Miley this year in terms of what he's been able to do, he's been terrific for this uh, Cincinnati Reds team. Uh, 16 of his 19 starts, he's yielded three earned runs or less. And that's where he's been extremely consistent. Uh, I think this price right now at about 185 to 190 is exactly where it should be. I like the Reds here to win this game. This is the one thing on some of these baseball games where it's a little bit tough. I think the Pirates would be competitive, but... You know, you got to get the W's. Uh, do you ever look at taking the plus run and a half here? Because, I do. I do. Because it was probably a plus price earlier. Now it's come down a little bit to the Reds minus a run and a half, minus 105. I do like the over in this game as well, Amal. Great American ballpark. We know one of the best ballparks in the league as far as games going over the total. I was able to get it at nine, and we are seeing some nine and a halfs in the market now. Take a look at a couple other games here. I know you have some games that we will get to in the next segment that you're on today, but the Washington Nationals at the Atlanta Braves, 420 Pacific, 720 Eastern. Eric Fetty taking on Kyle Muller. Eric Fetty, the former UNLV Rebel. Uh, this is a very interesting game to me because the Nationals have just been beaten up by the Philadelphia Phillies in their last series. And all of a sudden, the Atlanta Braves have caught fire. They are back to 500, actually a game over 500 for the first time all season. And just one and a half games back in the National League East. The Mets are struggling. The Phillies have gotten hot. This is a three-team race right now in the NL East. It is, but I feel like it's the Phillies' division to lose. Uh, the fact that Acuna is not in the lineup, I think it'll play out over the next month and a half where it impacts the Braves, but they are making a push right now. One game over 500. Finally got over the 500 bump last night. Coming from behind against the St. Louis Cardinals in that eighth inning. You mentioned Fetty. He's got an ERA north of five, but his whip is not necessarily in line with his ERA at 1.31. Uh, Mueller on the mound here. This is not a, a one where I would want to necessarily back Mueller at minus $2, but I can't take Fetty either. Um, this is a game I would not touch. The uh, Atlanta Braves have gotten a lot of money here, and that's probably due in some part to their recent hot play and making it competitive in the NL East. They opened up as about minus 155 favorites, now up to minus 200 in some spots on the money line. All right, back to football, my friend, and we go to the AFC East. You called this earlier in the show the worst division in football. They may have one of the best teams, though, in the Buffalo Bills, who were knocked out of the playoffs last year by the 
Kansas City Chiefs, who eventually made it to the Super Bowl. You've got the Patriots coming off of a losing season. We haven't seen that in quite a while from Bill Belichick. Uh, do you expect them to bounce back? The Dolphins, they've kind of been a team that's been steadily improving under new head coach Brian Flores. And then you've got the Jets, who also have a new head coach in Robert Sala and a new quarterback in Zach Wilson. What are you, your thoughts, your breakdown on the AFC East? Yeah, I should uh, clarify one thing on my statement about this being the worst division. I would say from a competitive standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the worst division is still the NFC East. It is still the NFC okay. least. Uh, Buffalo, to me, is you know a team that you have to look at seriously as a threat to get to the Super Bowl right behind Kansas City. I think they're slightly better than Cleveland, Baltimore, and anyone else you put in that uh, number two area, whether it be Tennessee or another team there. I think they win this division. I love their price at minus 150 to win the AFC East. I don't think they have a real challenger. And I also think this is a team that could potentially, even if they had injuries, Brady, I think they can overcome the injuries because they have talent. To me, you know, Josh Allen getting that new deal, I would not have signed him right now if I were the Buffalo Bills. Interesting. Why? Because how much more are you going to have to pay him next year that you wouldn't have paid him this year when you're giving him $258 million? I'm not following you there. You're saying you would have to pay him less next year? No, I'm not saying you have to pay him less. Let's say he has a tremendous year. Right. How much more money are you going to give him or guarantee him that you're not already doing? Right. So if he doesn't play at the same level he played at last year, you could actually probably get a little bit of a discount. Gotcha. You're already at the ceiling of what you're going to pay him. I I agree. I think last year was, you know, it doesn't get much better than that for him, right? If he does, they will go to the Super Bowl. Exactly. And so to me, you're paying a guy based on what he did last year, but that's that year is potentially the height of where he's going to get to. I mean, I think Stephon Diggs is a top five receiver, but I think Stephon Diggs is the most valuable receiver in the NFL. There's no receiver that's more impactful to their individual team, in my opinion, than Stephon Diggs is to the Buffalo Bills and what he does for Josh Allen and the rest of the receiving core. Because of Josh Allen's year that he had last year and Stephon Diggs and everything that was so great about what the Buffalo Bills did last season, I was very high on that team. I actually picked them to go to the Super Bowl, and they nearly got there for me. Um, But I think maybe everything has been a little bit too elevated on this team and maybe that contract to your point is an example of that everybody's kind of basing their thoughts on Buffalo going forward based on what they did last season and I think everything has kind of been taxed on the Buffalo Bills and I think maybe the New England Patriots are being discounted a little bit too much I got them at 22 to 1 to win the AFC conference and I'm seeing them down as low as 11 to 1 to do that now so apparently the Patriots getting some money from some sharp players there in the NFL market uh, to win the AFC conference. I just, part of my theory there, Amal, along with the players, I mean, you look at how aggressive the New England Patriots got in the offseason. They had a couple of great tight ends and we know how Bill Belichick loves to have dual threat at tight end and they will have that once again and you mentioned it earlier in the show. I think that was a big reason why Cam Newton did not have success throwing the football. He really had no tight end. A security blanket, if you will, like he had with Greg Olson back in Carolina. But the Patriots go and add so many players. They add Nelson Aguilar, at wide receiver. They also had a lot of players opt out who will be back in the fold this year for a number of linebackers, for instance. So I think the Patriots, and then the other thing is, I just can't foresee Bill Belichick going two seasons in a row with under 500 football. I think it'll be a big bit. Well, he did it in Cleveland for four out of five years. <laughs> but he never has done it in New England. Now, I know he had that guy number 12 at quarterback for a number of years to help that cause, but uh, I think he'll bounce back in a big way this season. I hear what you're saying, but until Mo Lewis, who should have a statue outside of Foxborough, knocked him out, 
Um, you know, this was a team that was on struggle street their first year and a half with Drew Bledsoe at the helm. Um, you know, you mentioned it. Hunter, excuse me, Hunter Henry goes from the Chargers to the Patriots. That's going to be a big upgrade for them. Johnu Smith, the Tennessee. Uh, I love Johnu Smith. Yeah, I think I, he's a great player. I think he's going to be terrific. But here's the problem. You mentioned uh, Nelson Aguilar at the wide receiver position along with Kendrick Bourne. Mm -hmm. I think they've got a lot of mediocre receivers. I think Bourne's better than you think. Well, look, he caught a lot of touchdowns for the 49ers, and he's kind of that under-the-radar guy because Debo Samuel and George Kittle get all the attention. Kendrick Bourne's pretty good. Yeah, but is he good because he plays with Kittle and uh, Debo Samuel? Yeah, you got you got a point. But now he's in a similar situation with two great tight ends, and, and I don't think Aguilar is shabby. I, let me tell you, I, there's a reason why Nelson Aguilar is probably on his third or fourth team in a certain number of years. By the way, there's a great clip on Twitter. You know, Nelson, the guy catches the baby out of a burning builder, Nelson Aguilar dropping balls. Uh, you know, so all, all I'll what say. What about, uh, I, I love the draft pick of Enkeel Harry out of Arizona State, and he really just hasn't produced. I, maybe this is the year. He wants out of there, and I, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to get in this lineup with Bourne and with Aguilar there. He hasn't been able to get it done. I, I just think his... You know, he's not able to create separation enough to get open in situations. Let's see if he can do a better job. And then the big question mark is, can Cam Newton play effectively enough to get the ball outside? You know, the tight ends can be great, but you've got to be able to get the ball down the field a little bit. And let's see if Cam can do that. And then I love Damian Harris, the tailback position. I think he's outstanding. He didn't get a ton of reps last year, but I think he's only going to get better and better. And he, the thing I like about him is if you look at his career at Alabama, he doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires because he was splitting carries there. So I think he's got a chance to be impactful if the offensive line is up to par. You look at the Patriots' alternate win total there at 10 and a half. Half, I think it's very feasible that they could get to 11, and that'll pay you better than two to one. Uh, your thoughts, I imagine, Bills to finish first in the division. Would you give Would you give the Patriots second place? Uh, probably. There's a good possibility, but again, depends on what Tua does. Can he stay healthy? Can he be effective? Is he willing to throw the ball more than three yards down the field? Yeah, uh, I mean, and I, I'm not really banking that it's going to improve a whole lot. Yeah, I, I think they they kind of realize he may not be the guy. And they may move on from him fairly quickly. But, you know, the Patriots last year, 7-9, and a couple of wins against the New York Jets. Um, division, they, they look, if they're going to have a good year, they got a chance to be 4-2 uh, within that division. Maybe 5-1, maybe and one, it would bode well for them. Or they could be 3-3, three and three, who knows. Uh, the schedule is not too bad. I think it's manageable. Now, the first... Uh, the first game is going to be big against the Dolphins, the season opener. That'll kind of lay a foundation for the, where things go. So pay attention to that one. Um, they do play the Saints at home, the Buccaneers at home, the Browns at home. So decent schedule there. Uh, they could be 6-0 and out of the gate. Dude. They get, they get the Dolphins at home, and I think you make a good point there. They do always struggle against Miami, but more so in South Florida than they do at Foxborough. They've got, they have to travel to the Jets. They get the Saints and the Bucks at home. You know there's going to be a big deal going on about Tom Brady coming back home, and, and that one is already circled on their schedule. And then they go at Houston, and they get the Cowboys at home. They really could be 6-0. and I don't know if they're necessarily going to be able to beat the Saints and the Bucks in back-to-back -back weeks, even though they're at home. And granted, four of their first six games are at home. Now, the schedule, you look at three of the games. The, at the Jets, at the Texans, those road games are fantastic for the first two games of the year on the road. But uh, Dallas's offense is going to be far improved this year. 
And then, of course, uh, the Miami Dolphins in week number one, which was a competitive game last year in week one. I tell you what's a tough spot is going at Los Angeles, the Chargers in week eight. That'll be a tough game for the Patriots right there. Let's move over to the AFC North. Your favorite in the North are the Baltimore Ravens. The Cleveland Browns are the second choice, followed by the Steelers. And then the Cincinnati Bengals bringing up the rear. We spoke a little bit about Joe Burrow earlier in the show, Amal, and I really like him. I think you really like him. You call him one of the most accurate passers you've ever seen. I thought he made a great splash in his rookie season, and it was just it really brought me down. It was a bummer when he took that devastating injury, and I was really high on the fact that they should have drafted Penny Sewell out of Oregon to protect Joe Burrow, and, you know, he got this great receiving core. They drafted Jamar Chase. They went that direction instead of the offensive line, and I argue even though I really like these wide receivers that they have in Cincinnati, he's not going to be able to get him the ball from the seat of his pants. I completely agree with you. I, I really thought passing up Panay Sewell was a bad decision. Uh, to me, you still have to build from the lines, offensive and defensive line. You can have the greatest skill positions in the world, but if he doesn't have enough time to stay upright, it would be some concerns there. You can have Riley Reef on the left side there, um, Jonah Williams, the Alabama tackle, on the right side. Let's see how well these guys are able to play and protect uh, Joe Burrow. Now, look, if their offensive line plays well, you look at this receiving court, Tyler, Borden, uh, Tyler Boyd, uh, T. Higgins, and, of course, Jamar Chase. They can be extremely dangerous. And I like Auden Tate's size as well. I think this team could be pretty uh, dangerous where you kind of look at that passing game and say they're not going to be out of too many games if the O-line performs. The Pittsburgh Steelers, for me, are kind of a mystery like the Seattle Seahawks are in the NFC West. They always find a way to, to make some noise. Uh, last year, of course, the ending was was really brutal after they got out to an undefeated start. I think they lost four out of their last five games down the stretch. But I, I'm not real high on the Pittsburgh Steelers bouncing back from that uh, bad ending to last season. Uh, we know their defense should be very good. It almost always is in Pittsburgh. I think there's still questions on the offensive line. And, you know, talking about Cincinnati not going with a draft pick in the on the offensive line, Pittsburgh did a similar move. They, they did not necessarily go for the upgrade on the offensive line, and they took the skill position player in Najee Harris. Now, he's tough to turn down, but I don't know if this solves all of Pittsburgh's problems on offense. Yeah, I tend to to agree with you, but I do think he's an upgrade over the Terminator jumps. James Conner, I love Najee Harris because he's a three-down back. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's another guy doesn't have as much tread on his tires for a four-year stud at Alabama. Last year, he did carry the rock a lot, but I think he can be impactful. And I agree with you, though. I don't think they necessarily saw an offensive lineman that was worth the value where they were drafting Najee Harris. That's the reason they didn't go there. But that's the concern you have. Can Roethlisberger be kept upright? He did have an effective season. I think some of the criticism of Roethlisberger was not necessarily warranted, but this is a team that can be pretty dangerous when you look at their uh, ability and what they did last year. Got up to that fast 11-0 start. Let's see if they can uh, continue to go in the right direction here. Who finishes first in the AFC North, the Cleveland Browns or the Baltimore Ravens? I don't know. Um, I think it's a tough one. I love the addition of Clowney to the Browns. I mm -hmm. think that only helps Miles Garrett. They drag, uh, draft Greg Newsom to put him with Denzel Ward. I, I think they're going to have a great secondary. This team could be extremely dangerous, and I love the fact that they have the best combo of running backs in the NFL. And a show. great offensive line. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wyatt Teller's outstanding. Uh, Conklin, you look at with Chubb and Hunt, this, off uh, this offensive line, the running game is outstanding. They have the best one-two running back combination in the NFL. I think you could argue that they have more talent on their roster than anybody else in the league. 
I mean, you, you look at the All-Star. I mean, well, obviously they were yeah. drafting real high for a number of years. You know, yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad argument. That that's a really the good offensive point. line, the running backs, the defensive additions you talk about. Um, I, I think this team is tough. I've got a futures play on the Cleveland Browns as well. The Ravens scare me. I mean, John Harbaugh, I figure he's, uh, if not the second best coach in the league, maybe the very best coach in the league. They always find a way to get it done. They've added a lot of help uh, in the receiving core to help Lamar Jackson. They uh, certainly want him to start throwing the ball more than he runs it, it appears, there in Baltimore. We'll come back and get to a Malls plays on the diamonds for your Friday here on My Guys in the Desert. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. With ex- 
exclusive bets, daily specials, odd boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options, Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and the only one-time playthrough. Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. It's available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. You must be 21 years old. If you have a gambling problem in Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan and in Virginia, 1-888-532-3500 in Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome back to My Guys in the Desert. Brady Cannon and Amal Shah with you. And it's time to go to the Diamonds, the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox. The Battle of the Windy City still tied at four apiece. And they're in the bottom of the ninth inning. The Cubs at the plate with a runner on first base and two down trying to walk this thing off over their south side rival Chicago White Sox. Let's uh, turn to your plays that you're going to be landing on on the Diamonds tonight, Amal. And you're looking at the Mets and the Phillies. The Mets, their lead in the National League East, really being threatened. The Phillies only a half game back. The Phillies have won five in a row. The Mets have lost seven out of their last ten. Tonight, you've got uh, Stroman on the hill for the New York Mets taking on Kyle Gibson. And the money line here is in favor of the Philadelphia Phillies on their home field at about minus 110 is the consensus price. Minus 113 shaded towards the Phillies a little bit at a few shops. But uh, Stroman and the New York Mets coming to town as a small underdog with a total of nine and a half and Kyle Gibson coming over from the Texas Rangers before the trade deadline. He looked really good in his first outing for Philadelphia. Yeah, he really did. I thought Gibson quietly has had a terrific season that's gone under the radar. Excuse me. I thought this was a great acquisition by Philadelphia. Good price here on the Phillies as well. But uh, Brady, I like the under in this game because it's nine and a half. I thought the number should have been nine. Um, I think you have to take a look at the Phillies. Mets offense has been inconsistent. Baez with a homer the other night against the Marlins. But these guys struggled down in South Florida scoring runs. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing that worries me about that is the Phillies have been scoring a ton. Maybe one of the best offenses in baseball right now. I thought you were going to go the direction of Kyle Gibson and the Philadelphia Phillies, but I'm all on under nine and a half runs in that one. How about the Red Sox at the Toronto Blue Jays? Nathan Eovaldi against Manoa, and the Toronto Blue Jays are a small favorite here at home. Minus 140 on the money line is the consensus price. Nine is your total, and the Boston Red Sox have been struggling as of late. Yeah, they really have. They struggled when they got down to Tampa, and then in Detroit, they continued to scuffle. Uh, Blue Jays, the number coming down a little bit. I'm not surprised because you could see potentially Boston, a team that can break out at any time, but I stayed away from this game, but an intriguing matchup in terms of the AL East. If Toronto's going to make a push, this is your opportunity this weekend. You've got to really sweep this series. I I know it's easier said than done, uh, but taking two out of three is just not going to get it done. Are the Blue Jays a possible play for you to win this division? I believe they're in the neighborhood of 16 to 20 to 1 to do so. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Rays currently hanging on to first place. A lot of people high on the Yankees who have climbed back to within six games of the lead. Yeah, I still think it's going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. They're more consistent. I think Boston's got a chance to be there, but I don't, I don't necessarily believe in Tampa, excuse me, Toronto and the Yankees making enough of a push. All right, let's look at your last play for the Friday card on the Diamonds, and that is my San Francisco Giants in Milwaukee at Miller Park to take on the Brewers. These are a couple of the best teams in baseball, Amal. The Giants pull out another one over the Arizona Diamondbacks in extra innings on Thursday. That was quite a victory, uh, really fueled 
fueled by their new acquisition in Chris Bryant and the Brewers for about the last two and a half months have been the best team in baseball. Good matchup here with Logan Webb taking on Corbin Burns. Yeah, this is a terrific matchup. Both teams in first place. Milwaukee is playing well, but the problem I have with Milwaukee, Brady, is their offensive consistency or lack thereof. I think this is a, not a bad price on the Giants here. Burns has been outstanding, but I think if you can get into a situation with the Giants having a slightly better offense despite how well uh, Milwaukee's bullpen has performed at times, and of course, Burns has been outstanding. And the money has come in on San Francisco, so uh, the move agrees with you here, Amal. On the overnight, Milwaukee was in the neighborhood of minus one 175 and now down below minus 150 at many stores right here in town at the Golden Nugget down to minus 145. That looks like the low watermark in the market. And what about uh, the futures for baseball? We've got roughly 55 games left in the season in the regular season. Do you have any future plays in pocket or any teams that you like to uh, run the table all the way to the pennant? Uh, you know, I, I do not right now. Uh, the one team that I did uh, look at in the National League, I, I thought that could potentially make a push was the San Diego Padres, but I feel like they're falling by the wayside. So uh, it's going to be tough. They just don't have the pitching. You're back in another one of your favorite guys, you Darvish. Yeah. Another winner. <laughs> hangs more meatballs. You Darvish, up. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. I know all of them all's favorites. <laughs> we'll true. be back for some more college football here in a minute. And college football betting guide is here. Start your football season out on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VEASAN subscription. It includes our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college football betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today. It's all at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. And I tell you, that college football betting guide, probably the best betting guide I have seen the network put out so far. So many contributors there, Amal. You've got Paul Stone, Adam Kramer, Bruce Marshall, Matt Humans, Wes Reynolds. It's uh, really thorough and uh, definitely a good read to get you started for college football. And that's where we are going to head right now, discussing the Big 12 Conference. And Obviously, Oklahoma is a favorite here, along with the Cyclones of Iowa State. Your next choice is the Texas Longhorns. And the big story out of the Big 12 uh, the past couple of weeks has been Oklahoma and Texas deciding to move to the SEC. Now, that might not happen for another generation, really, of college football, meaning four years, if you will. But do you think there's any sort of lame duck feeling for these two teams going into this season? Uh, no, I don't think so. Boomer Sooner's looking at a potential national championship here. I, I hear you, and I think that's a stretch to maybe buy into that theory, but you just wonder, if, if, ever, if they all know that they're leaving that conference, is that a distraction at all? Uh, not at all. Okay. All right. um, but why do you think it's a stretch for Oklahoma to be a national title contender? 
No, 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 no. I'm saying it was a stretch to buy into that theory that this this could be a lackadaisical effort out of those teams because they're moving conferences. I'm not talking about Oklahoma oh, and their I, chances. I, I don't think the players could – they couldn't care less. Uh, it doesn't affect them one way or the other. I, I think that's true. I just wonder if – maybe the – you know, it's kind of like betting a team in the first half or something if they could come out slow. Maybe you bet against them in the first game or something. No, I – no, uh no. You don't think it's a factor? I, I got to be honest with you. This is the first time I've heard this theory. I no. Not. I'm an innovator. I'm all. <laughs> I also think this theory might be up on YouTube this afternoon <laughs> under conspiracies. But uh, no, I, I'm not buying it. Look, if you're Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler's got a chance for a Heisman. You've got one of the best young receivers in college football, and Marvin Mims. Uh, I love Gray coming in at tailback. I think it's only going to help this team. I think Oklahoma's got a chance. Their defense has gotten progressively better under Alex Grinch. I'm not a big Alex Grinch guy. I know a lot of people are. Um, by the way, Brady, you're, you're always the co-host with me when I go after our guest. But I remember we had a guest on from the Oklahoma and tell me how great Alex Grinch is. I'm still waiting to see it, but let's see if the Sooners' defense can deliver when the games actually mean something. Yeah, he's. I think he's been steadily improving that defense, but it really still is a concern. Iowa State, obviously they got past the Sooners last year. Can they do it again? I know you like Matt Campbell. Who's maybe a live dog in this conference? We know Oklahoma and Ohio State are the favorites at the top. Do you, do you think Texas has a real fighting chance here? And there are there any other teams? that you think can unsuit the Sooners? You know, since I like to tick my friends off, let's say no, uh, because I, I think the uh, Longhorns are overrated once again. They'll probably finish third in this league. Oklahoma State's going to be dangerous. But, Brady, I want to go back to Iowa State for a second, and I, I don't have it from my angle here. I see. I think they're a plus 110, right, to win this league? Correct. I, I think Iowa State is extreme. No, 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 that's their, that's their win total. I'm sorry, total. season win total. Yeah. I, I think they get over this total. They've got three games that are going to matter this year on the schedule. Iowa at Ames, September 11th. I think they're going to win that game. The game in Norman, that's going to be a tough one to win on the road. And then Texas is at home. They've got to win either the Iowa game or the Texas game. I think the rest of the league they won't have too much difficulty with. Purdy's back under center. I like this team a lot. Uh, Hall back at the tailback position. Matt Campbell, to me, is one of the best 10, 15 coaches in college football. I love the way Iowa State's going. They could potentially walk into that showdown in Norman, both teams undefeated. The four last four games against Oklahoma have all been 10 points or less. Three of them have been single digits or less. I think Oklahoma, Iowa State's got a great chance. Where the challenge comes in for the Cyclones is if they were to win in Norman, can they do that again in Arlington and Jerry World the second time? So the win total there on Iowa State is nine and a half, and you like over. I do. Which will pay you plus 110. Uh, you mentioned Texas probably, in your estimation, finishing third in this conference. But what about Steve Sarkeesian? Is that an upgrade, a, a very obvious upgrade for you over Tom Herman, or are you still unsure? No, I'm not sure, and that's a great question you asked. Because when you look at it, Tom Herman, even though he didn't have tremendous success at Texas, or at least on based on what their standard is or what they think their standard should be, that's the one thing about Texas fans. They're delusional. They really are. They've won one national title in the last 50 years, thanks to the fact that when USC was leading 7-0 in the second quarter and Reggie Bush decided to lateral the football, they might be without a national title since 1970. This program thinks they're far better than they really are. I, I would agree with you. I mean, it seems like it's been, a, you know, Vince Young and, and the game you refer to in the Rose Bowl. I was actually there at that game. Um, but, uh, you know, it really hasn't followed up since then. They, they don't look anything like Alabama or Clemson to me. 
No, not not even close. And, and you know, when the other thing you're gonna miss with Herman, Herman was five and zero in bowl games for Texas. So you know, did a nice job there. When you look at Sark's record, it was nothing overwhelming in his stint at USC in Washington. You know, th- people get so excited when you hire a Nick Saban or a Bill Belichick disciple. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at these coaches and what their disciples have been able to do. Romeo Cornell fired. Charlie Weiss. The only thing the only thing he had a schematic advantage on was on how to attack an all you can eat buffet. Okay, <laughs> Bill. Bill O'Brien, where what's he done? The little hoodie fired in Denver. Which one of Belichick's disciples has done well? Mike Loxley at Maryland, average at best. Uh, who's done? Uh, who's the guy that left? Uh, he went to Colorado State. He was the coach um, with uh, Nick Saban. He was the offensive coordinator. Drawn a blank on his name right now, but. You know, to me, there's so many coaches that come out of these guys' trees, and they, they sit there and say, oh, we got this guy. No, you didn't get the original. You didn't get Pete Carroll. You got Steve Sarkeesian. And and I, to me, it's an overreaction based on the way Bama played last year. Najee, Devontae, Jalen Waddle, first-round picks. Waddle, I'd make the case, since Julio Jones is the best receiver Bama had, even though Devontae won the Heisman. Yeah, you know, I think uh, people give credit to Steve Sarkeesian for being a great offensive mind, and I'm not going to argue with that. But to your point, it was pretty easy to call plays for those guys last Last year with Alabama, well, right? It was really easy against Ohio State when you're matching up linebackers on Devontae Smith. DBs can't cover him, but let's put a linebacker on him. I'll give you a couple guys that have been pretty good as Bill Belichick disciples, and that's Mike Vrabel and Brian, uh, Brian Flores. Well, Flores has had one season, and Vrabel, I'd make the argument, played in the NFL for 14 years. And he he's a guy who's kind of his own guy. I mean, I don't. Did he coach in New England? I don't even remember. I think he was an assistant. Yeah, I, I think that was maybe his first gig. He was an assistant with the New England Patriots under Belichick. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe he's not a full blown. Doesn't necessarily qualify as from the Belichick tree. But Brian, Brian Flores has been pretty darn good. Oh, hold on one second. He, he coached at Ohio State. The Houston Texans and I thought he was like a linebacker coach for the Patriots. No, he was a linebacker's coach at Ohio State and for the Texans. Never coached for the Patriots. Probably ah, why he's been successful. Not on the tree. <laughs> That's probably why he's been successful. All right, we wrap it up covering the AFC South and the AFC West as we finish off the NFL divisional conversation here on My Guys in the Desert at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. 
Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. The VEASAN College Football Betting Guide is here. Start your football season out on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VEASAN subscription, which includes our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college football betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today. That's a free trial at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Brady Cannon and Amal Shaw with you. Your guys in the desert on my guys in the desert here on a Friday afternoon. Final segment before we get ready for rush hour with Danny Burke and baseball in the Windy City at Wrigley Field. The Chicago White Sox battling the Chicago Cubs. And right now, it's all White Sox in the top of the 10th inning. I believe they're making a pitching change here. Yes, they are. 7-4 to four in favor of the White Sox. They still have two runners on, first and second. And nobody down them all. No outs yet. Yeah, uh, White Sox uh, giving up three runs. Craig Kimbrell in the eighth inning gives up a three-run bomb. Cubs get a level. And then all of a sudden, you think if you had the under nine, you're in good shape. And now this game cruising over. Looks like the Sox are going to pull away and win this game and cover the run line as well. And we've got more baseball coming up in less than 20 minutes from now. The Tampa Bay Rays are in Baltimore to take on the Orioles. The Seattle Mariners in New York to take on the Yankees. And also the Boston Red Sox taking on the Toronto Blue Jays and the New York Mets in Philadelphia to battle the Phillies. A good battle there in the National League East. Let's continue with our NFL divisional breakdown, Amal. And we've got two divisions left that we have not covered yet. And that is the AFC South and the AFC West. I'll start in the South. The Titans have become the favorite. It was a almost pick 'em choice before Carson Wentz was injured, and then also Quentin Nelson, the all-world offensive lineman for the Indianapolis Colts. But now the Titans are the favorite in that division. The Colts are still the second choice because the second half of the division, it drops off pretty hard with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. What are your expectations out of the AFC South? 
You know, I think it's going to be Indianapolis, excuse me, Tennessee's division to lose with the injuries for the Colts. Uh, you mentioned the Wentz injury. That's not as big of a deal to me as the Quinn Nelson one. Totally. I, I think Nelson is arguably the best, one of the top three best offensive line, interior offensive linemen in the NFL, and it impacts the running game. I think they've got a terrific skill set of players around him. When you look at this Colts team, Brady, now, Jonathan Taylor, people forget, in his first three years at Wisconsin, at 5,000 yards rushing, the most rushing yards in three years of anybody in college football history. He's terrific. The O-line, um, I like T.Y. Hilton. Paris Campbell, it's a big year for him. He's got to stay healthy. But they have enough skill players to be impactful. Uh, but with the injuries, again, I think it benefits the Tennessee uh, Titans. And with the addition of Julio Jones, I only think it makes A.J. Brown better. You got that 18-wheeler back there. He is tough to stop. And once they get going, in the fourth quarter, Derrick Henry really becomes unstoppable. What do you think about Jacob Eason? It looks like the Colts are not going to go shopping for a new quarterback uh, to replace Carson Wentz. What do you think about Eason? Well, I like Jacob Eason when he signed with Georgia out of Washington, out of the state of Washington. Then he went back to UW. I didn't think his talents were properly utilized at Washington. I, I think he's a guy that can be impactful. I, I like him. Um, let's see what he's able to do. But uh, again, he's a young guy, but he's got a big, strong arm. And sometimes, you know, guys just need reps. Yeah. Playing with some people. With, I, I tell you one thing that benefits him. He's got Sam Ellinger behind him. Mm -hmm. So unless Jacob Eason loses an eye or loses an arm, he should be the starter there. And you should be able to play effectively. You don't have any pressure. You know, he's playing with house money. He's not expected to be a guy. This could be a perfect scenario with Wentz being out as long as he is. Build some confidence. Build some continuity with this offense. This could turn into a situation where he becomes a full-time starter down the line. You know, to your point that you made at the beginning of the conversation, I thought the Colts might be a bet on team when Wentz did go down because everybody was going to dismiss them. Oh, you know, that uh, hope for the Colts is over with. And I thought that might be an opportunity where you could catch a little drift on the price. But with Quentin Nelson out, I'm no longer going down that road. I mean, he is absolutely so important to that team, and I wish both Wentz and Nelson a quick return. The Jaguars and the Texans, uh, both interesting to try and figure out what they're going to do this season, especially the Houston Texans with their situation. But how about the Jaguars? You were, of course, familiar with their new head coach, Urban Meyer, and their sexy new toy, the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, their new quarterback. And I mentioned this at the first part of the program. Our friend William Hill, a frequent contributor here on the network, work. You can also find his work in Point Spread Weekly. He likes that preseason game at home against the Cleveland Browns where the Jacksonville Jaguars are catching three points. It's their preseason opener. And I get the rationale behind it. This team won one game last season. They've got Trevor Lawrence as the first pick. They've got a new head coach in Urban Meyer. They're going to likely want to get out to a fast start and show their fans that things are changing around there. Whereas the Browns, on the other hand, their psyche, they're probably just looking to go through the motions and not get anybody hurt. You know, if you're the Browns, who are you going to play? I mean, you're not going to play any of these regular guys. You already know what you have. You alluded to it earlier, and I think you're right. Our producer, Brian Rogers, yourself and myself, were looking at rosters in the commercial break, and you're probably right. Browns probably have arguably if not the if top three talented rosters in the NFL, three number one overall picks on there. Jacksonville, this is important. You're trying to set a tone. You've got a franchise quarterback. You've got a potential franchise running back in ETN, James Robinson. This is an opportunity to establish yourself 
Let's see what DJ Chark can do with uh, Trevor Lawrence a little bit in a couple of series. Marvin Jones from Detroit comes in. LaVisca Chenault is a good young player out of Colorado, an opportunity to kind of prove himself. Look, there's some good pieces there. Urban is a guy who's tenacious. He's intense. And he has turned around every program he has been within the first three years. At Bowling Green, he took over a program, I think that was 2-9 and nine or something to that effect. They went 8-3 and three his first year. Um, at Ohio State, he went undefeated his first year. Florida won a national title in his second year. At Utah, he was undefeated in his second year. I get college is not the NFL. I'm not expecting them to be 11-6, and six, but I do think that they're going to be a lot more competitive. I would expect them to win five to six games this year. Well, five to six games, I believe, would put them over their season win total. I believe their season win total is around four and a half. If we have that, we, uh, I'm sure, have the alternate season win totals as well from our friends at DraftKings. There's their schedule there. They will open with the Houston Texans, and I believe they're actually a favorite in that game. Then you go to the Broncos there and the Cardinals. They get both of those teams at home. They go at the, bag, uh, at the Bengals and then a division game against Tennessee and the Miami Dolphins to round out their their first half dozen games and the win total at six and a half. So you said five or six games, which way do you want to go on that? If you had to bet the season win total, and that's quite a jump. And you know, you, you mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the Detroit lions, it's hard to set a win total too low. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen that with the New York jets in the past as well. And they exceeded that. But uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars to go to one from one win last year, all the way to seven, that is certainly a big jump. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Brady. And But you look at the middle of the schedule. Uh, after week seven, they have a bye. Excuse me, during week seven. Then they take on at Seattle, Buffalo, at the Colts, 49ers. That's going to be a bit of a challenge. Falcons at home and then at the Rams, at Titans. So that six out of seven games are very difficult. But you look at the bookends of their schedule. They open with uh, at Houston, the Broncos at home, winnable. Cardinals game coming east is going to be tough for the Cardinals. Uh, you get Tennessee and the Dolphins at home. Then again, later in the season, you have the Texans at home at the Jets. Patriots, depending on where they're at at that point in time, and the Colts, they may not need that game in Week 17. So I, I think the number 6.5 is tough to see them going 7-10. and 10, But based on the way Urban Meyer succeeded everywhere, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Let's go to the AFC West. And uh, we talked about the NFC West is arguably the best division in football. This is a certainly very competitive division as well in the AFC West. The Chiefs are the favorite, the Super Bowl loser last year to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Chargers are perceived as an improved team. They get a new coach there in Brandon Staley. The Broncos, I know you have real problems with the credit people are giving them and the respect they're getting in the odds market. And then the Las Vegas Raiders, I think there's a few people out there that think the Raiders are going to be improved this year as well. Who would that be, Brent Musburger and Matt Eubens? <laughs> I, I kind of think, yeah, and Brian Rogers as well, the well, resident but, Raider but, but, but fan. Brian's case, he's a fan. Yeah. I, I think I think they're going to be better as well, Amal. Um, obviously, the defense has to change. That was a huge problem last year. They bring in Gus Bradley. Uh, they added Gerald McCoy yesterday, uh, you know, an older defensive lineman. But they have pretty good depth on that defensive front. You've got Cleland Farrell and Max Crosby. If they can generate any sort of pass rush, I think they did a good job in the, in the draft with some defensive backs. They really went defensive heavy in the draft because we know that's the area 
that needs to improve. I don't think there's a whole lot of problem on offense, but uh, if the defense can improve, I would look towards over their season win total. I think they can get to eight or nine wins. Well, yeah, seven's a fairly low number. I don't think they're the worst team in this division. I think it's Denver. Um, you know, you look at this team defensively. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe's got to be impactful like he was in Jacksonville. Can he rekindle what he had there? That's a question mark. Uh, Jonathan Abraham's got to play well. It's strong safety. I love the draft pick of Trayvon Mooring out of TCU. Yeah. I think he's going to be very good. Damon Arnett, this guy gets burnt like toast every day. I mean, it's he's unbelievable. Yeah, they. But here's the problem. That was an with the awful Raiders. draft pick. Well, but listen, they still have the number one worst draft pick on their roster, Cleveland Farrell. The only reason Cleveland Farrell was taken fourth. Well, they, is, they, how many years in a row have they done it? Where they they draft they players sooner than they should be expected to go. Now I've heard good things about Alex Leatherwood that he's having a great camp and he's just a behemoth of an offensive lineman. But again, they probably drafted him too early. Now you mentioned Morig. You know they probably got him uh, later than you would expect. So exactly. so it, exactly. it was almost an exchange there. Yeah, I think the offensive line should be fine, especially on the left side with Colton Mitch, Miller and uh, Richie Incognito. I like those guys a lot. Can Leatherwood protect the right side? There's the question mark. I love, love Josh Jacobs. I think he's an absolute beast. Uh, got to stay healthy. Yeah, he's got to stay healthy. But it's also part of it is he's got to carry the mail so much for this team. And defensively, they've got to get better. They were absolutely atrocious. I'm a little bit concerned about their linebacking core. Uh, Littleton and Mullen, I'm not necessarily sure uh, about these. I mean, I'm sorry, in terms of the secondary, they got to get better in that area. We mentioned in Mullen and uh, Arnett. Those guys have been terrible. I really like the Los Angeles Chargers, Amal. I think they have a good chance to unseat the Chiefs as the division king there. The Chiefs are the Super Bowl loser, and that is typically not a good recipe for that team the following season. We saw what happened to the San Francisco 49ers. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs fell off a little bit and the Chargers made some noise here. I, I hear what you're saying about the Chargers, but the Chargers, we've been saying this for about almost two decades now. Yeah, it they might can't... be for real now, finally. Well, they get Another one of your favorites. They got rid of your favorite guy, Anthony Lynn. Well, it's not just that. I guess being you know, being good once in every 20 years when you should be good at the other 19. But, you know, Kansas City decimated on that offensive line, but I think they'll be fine. I like the addition of Orlando Brown and Creed Humphrey. And the other thing is, Brady, you mentioned the 49ers, but last year they were beset with injuries. Yes, indeed. That is going to do it for the program, my guys in the desert. Next up is Danny Burke with Rush Hour right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. 
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. 